This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, it's David Averin with the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. You know, technology is a challenge for so many people, but not everyone. It can be hard to navigate apps and devices and connecting dongles and webcams, but once again, not for everyone. My guest today helps organizations and professionals make sense out of what you need to know, what you should no longer care about, and what's just around the corner. Beth Ziesness calls herself your nerdy best friend, and I promise you after today's podcast, you will call her your new best friend as well. It's David Avern talking to Beth Z on the Customer Experience Advantage podcast back in 20 seconds. You're listening to the Customer Experience Advantage podcast with David Averin, featuring candid conversations with some of the most influential leaders in business today. Sit back and listen in, or feel free to watch the video version online. This is the Customer Experience Advantage podcast, and here's David Averin. And thanks and welcome to the podcast today. This one's going to be fun. So I am, this is not only a, a friend, but I am a huge fan because you know, technology has become such a big part of our life, no matter what your industry is, but demystifying it and having fun with it. And I, I think that's one of the great things about Beth Z, our um, our guest here today, is that she makes it interesting and fun. And she's just the self-proclaimed nerd, which is the best part of it. And if you're listening to the, to the audio version of this, and we're on all the platforms, of course, you're going to get great information. But if you have the opportunity to watch the video version of this, which is either on my website at davidaverin.com or on YouTube or others. The stuff that she does is phenomenal. Um, picture in pictures and things that she's pulling up on screen and funny, quirky things and sound effects. Look at this. Now she's got, there's six of her, which is the only thing better than Beth Z is six or five Bessie. So I'll read the quick introduction and then we'll say hi on the other side. Beth Zeesness, she calls herself Beth Z, is an author, a speaker, and self proclaimed nerd. Since her first Motorola Razor flip phone, Beth has made a verb out of the word nerd, as in nerd your way out of things. She's here to help you filter through thousands of apps, gadgets, widgets, and doodads to find the perfect free and bargain technology tools for work and home. Beth Z has written a whole shelf of books on apps, including her newest book, Nerd365. Hold it up. If you got it there with you, hold it up. Nerd365, a year of app opportunities. <laughs> opportunities to upgrade your life. And she's spoken to more than 100,000 audience members just like you. And if you're puzzled over why she goes by Beth Z, it's because only she finds uh, that, she finds that about three people a year who can actually pronounce her last name. I can. Beth Zeesness. We'll call her Beth Z. Beth, thanks and welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. First, let me look around these hollowed uh, airwaves because I am so, I mean, your podcast is a thing and I am yeah. so excited to be here because you're, oh, you're, so you're nice. famous. I'm not famous, but I'm, uh, um, but I was going to say tens of, of listeners. Now, listen, what, what I really like to do, and that's why I was excited to have you on the show, is that a, I can bring on whoever I want because I, the people I find interesting, um, but because I've seen you present on multiple occasions, and this, I think I'm pretty good at this, 
your stuff just blows my mind and you have so much fun with it and you help sort of demystify. We all need technology to get through our days, to run our businesses, but the, the influx, the onslaught of new apps, new technology, new things, sometimes it's hard to make sense of, do we try and keep up? Do we try and pay attention to anything or how do we prioritize? So tell us a little bit about the background. How did you get into all of this? And then we'll delve head deep into, uh, into some of the great techniques and tactics and technologies we need to know about. Sometimes people look at me and they say, I don't, I think she worked with a branding expert. I don't think she's actually a nerd. Uh, I bet she went to prom. That's one of the things that people think of when they look at me. And uh, I can tell you, it ain't true. The nerd thing is totally real. I spent recess in the corner grading papers for my teachers. Mm -hmm. Not kidding. So I was always that kid. Now, I wasn't the kid who could pull a computer apart and put it back together. I was the kid who said, why should I do that when other people have done it? I'm just going to use what they've made. Why right. should I code when all these people have coded? I'm just going to play with what they have. So I've always done that. I mean, I seriously was single for a very long time and I would spend Friday nights when, when the new Microsoft Office came out, just going crazy. Like this is the most amazing thing ever. And when I discovered that A, other people had a life and didn't do this and B, people wanted to hear about this, I'm like, I can make a living telling people about what I love. It was fantastic. Now I do have a husband now. I had a practice husband. Now I have a real husband. He doesn't listen to any of it. So I'm so very grateful that uh, really hundreds of thousands of people are interested in me doing all the homework for you and finding all the tech tips and the tools for you. And then just sharing what I think will work best. How do we, here's a question, how do we make sense of, of all that's out there? Listen, we could, we could go down a rabbit hole and talk about the history of technology. We've been there. We all lived through that. Today, it is a pervasive part, but there's this interesting dichotomy that I think people struggle with. On one hand, there are so much new technology, new apps, new resources to make our life better. But on the other hand, we have to learn to sift through them. What is relevant to us? Do we need to know all of them? And how do we do it simply when, when the promise is simplification, but it's complex figuring out how to simplify? Here's what I've discovered. I thought everybody was like me, that every time you saw something, you were just amazed and you had to try it. Turns out I am not like almost anybody, but I've developed a, a concept I call your technology psychology. And what that concept is, is not your first reaction, to the crazy tech of today, but your second reaction. And that'll tell you, that'll give you a good idea of how you are approaching new technologies. So I've got three categories. You've got your wows, that's me. I'm like, wow, and I wanna get my hands on it. You've got right. your weights, hmm. I see potential there, but I'm not sure that I'm ready for it yet. It's gotta be practical for where I am right here. And then you've got your what's, those people want proof. They have some kind of barrier against it. So in order to start making sense and to figure out where among all of the things you might need and find technology, you first really need to examine what kind of filters subconscious that you have 
up against technology and with technology. And once you figure that out, then you can start methodically going through and, and determining where your roadblocks are, where your stopping points are, where you need to start, and then finding things. But once you have your technology psychology figured out, you're going to be able to then filter better and absorb better. I also think this is the second part of this. You come at things with a problem and not an app. Now, I don't do this very well. I come at everything with an app. I'm like, oh, here's an app. I'm going to create a problem that this will solve. But a lot of us have problems we don't even know we have. For example, how much time did you spend on email today? Is there a better way? How much time does it take you to do small tasks in your house? Sure, they're just small tasks, but are they adding up? Are there other ways to do it? So examining some of your processes, examining some of your roadblocks will help you start with the problem and go forward rather than start with a fun solution and go backwards. Right, but let me ask you this. Um, and I think it's important for those entrepreneurs and others who are listening or watching this. Um, is to look at it, make sure it's not a solution looking for a problem. Uh, I, I kind of joke on stage that, you know, when so much stuff is being pushed to us. Now, granted, in some ways, people like the do-it-yourself. But when you go to a doctor's office and they hand you the pad and the technology that you did not get trained on, and you have to navigate entering all the information so the receptionist doesn't have to do it, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's give it to the guy who's bleeding from his head to do the work. And so in, in those kinds of situations, I'm seeing companies adopting technology to make their life easier, but it isn't necessarily making their customers, their clients, their patients, their constituents' life easier. As business owners, how do you balance that? Just this week, and I know this is coming out this summer, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I, I encourage all of your listeners to go and look at your LinkedIn post unless that's stalking and then don't do it. Uh, if you've got a restraining order against some of these people, please don't check it out. You're you fine. Go a, ahead. You had a great point about in 2022, we're past quality and we're into easy. We're, we as customers want ease more than right. we want just good and uh as a when i was a freelance writer that was my philosophy i'm not the best writer out there but you know what i show up and i keep deadlines and that's why i can charge what i charge that's the only reason right so right because their experience was easy. Maybe it wasn't the best quality as somebody who would flake out on them every few days and then sometimes come up with something brilliant. So when you, as a business, are checking out technology, you need to keep in mind, like the great David Avern says, that the customers are looking for easy. However, let's go back to co internal company things. I can't remember the statistics, but it, it seems to me it's, and I'm going to lie. How about I just lie? 47% uh, no, or 67% or something like that of employees think that the technology at their company is frustrating or holds them back or is not good. And so no. you have to, of course, be thinking about your customer and your customer experience. But in today's day and age, when you're trying to uh, retain and recruit really good people, if you're not addressing those challenges that your receptionist has in hand in interpreting all of the little dots and then um, hand putting them in, you know, if somebody hand wrote something, 
if you're not addressing that person's needs as well, you're not really on the boat. So you really need to look at the whole picture of what your company needs. You need easy on both sides and you have solutions on both sides. You don't want to be frustrating your employees because they might leave for a company that has more of their act together. Right. And you don't want to be frustrating your customers who might leave because another company has more of their act together. But isn't that part of the challenge that organizations have is that A, technology becomes um, outdated or antiquated, or B, if there's a learning curve, because I, I, what I see a lot is, is technology and company that's being driven by a good salesperson who is selling the technology as opposed to a specific need the organization has and they find a technological way to to simplify it i mean i'll, I'll give an example of something that works well for them so just last week and i've never told this before i was driving through a wendy's and it was early in the morning but there was nobody there and i it was some special deal of two breakfast sandwiches for a buck or something if you've used the app so but i didn't know i went through i just saw it in the window and i ordered and they said well you have to have the app and I said, well, I don't have it. And they said, well, if you could download the app. So I pull out a line, which was fine. I had nothing to do. Downloaded the app real quickly. And then when I get to the app, it's making me fill in information and address and preferences and all these other things. It wasn't just a simple thing with the app. And when I got up there, um, they asked me again. They said this. I said, well, I, I tried to press I've got the app, but I don't know where to go to get this thing. Well, it's a code. Where do you get the code? The guy ended up coming outside. And he's standing there holding my phone next to my car. Nobody's in line, fortunately. And I'm laughing. Now, of course, you and I are both speakers. We do this for a living. We always say we, not, we don't have bad things happen to us. We just get new stories to tell. And I sat there and I would normally have been really pissed off, but I was just laughing because this was ridiculous. And then I, I'm thinking this is good fodder because this is something that works well for them. And I said, listen, I'm at the drive through window. Can I just order it? No, you can't. You got to do it through the app. I said, no, but I'm like, I'm here right now next to the drive through Can I just say it to you? Nope. Doesn't work that way. You got to use the app. And I'm thinking at some point it's the, um, I don't know whether it's the law of diminishing return or whatever else, but, but whose responsibility is it to be better as a company using technology? Was it the internal people who designed the system? Was it the onsite people who weren't trained? Because I certainly didn't read their employee manual. I was just the hungry guy going through the drive-through line. As, a, as an expert, what would you advise a company like that? We're going to have bumps like this for quite some time. A little bit of it is generational. I can tell you my husband, who uh, is significantly older than I am, I like to say it that way, <laughs> he, he is a boomer, like hardcore boomer, and he does not put up with that stuff. I heard him one time talking to A-L-E-X-A, she's right here, she gets upset if I say her name. I know, I can't say her name either, she responds. And I can see on uh, that device, you can see the things that were said, and his comments to it are, Oh, for blanky blank. Oh, would you blank blank? So are you are you're looking at you're looking at the printout or the readout of all the things, the discussions? It oh records everything you say. And uh, my father, I can see his, and he calls it all kinds of names. And I'm like, y'all can't do that. All of that is not appropriate anymore. But flashback, shall we, uh, to 2007. 2007, 2006, one of those, um, the iPhone came out, right. right? And taking a picture with your phone, texting with your phone, getting your, your you know, just check your phone. There's a, a flashlight in your phone. 
was completely yeah. beyond us. Yeah. And we are not very far past that. And it is so commonplace. If somebody can't do that, you're like, I don't understand. I don't understand that you can't do that. So right. flash forward five years, maybe three years going up to that drive through I 100% believe that they will make it easier for people to spend money as much as they can. They will make it easier for you to give them your data as much as they can. But flash forward three years and it will not be an issue. So we're having these bumps, we're having these sections, but it is going to even out very quickly. Some of the things that are happening so quickly are, are beyond our comprehension at this moment. But right. an iPad. But they will be commonplace very quickly. Was beyond our comprehension. That was, that was 10 years ago. So let's look at it from a business perspective. Talk to me about the advice that you give when organizations bring you in as a speaker, as a consultant. What's your conversation with them about how to look at technology to help better deliver their goods and services, communicate with their customers? What is it that you think that businesses today don't get or just starting to really get? Well, when I talked about the technology psychology, what we have on every team is all three types. You have someone who's like, we should try all the things. And you have someone who says, I see all the things, but I'm going to wait and make this decision later because it doesn't apply to, I'm very busy and it doesn't apply to what I'm looking at right now. Sure. And then you have the people who say, it ain't broke, don't fix it, and I'm afraid Bill Gates is watching me. So you've got all of these people on the same team. What you've got to work toward as a company is not letting any three of those personalities drive the bus. You need to understand those personalities and then go back to what is my competition doing making other people's lives easier? What are things in the marketplace, and I'll keep my eye on them, or I'll follow my nerdy best friend, making those lives, things lives easier? There are advancements every day. Right now, there are 75 things that I could do to automate little things that I do every time I need to go get my logo, I have to go search here, I could automate that and I don't. We need to stand back. I always advise people schedule a technology Pomodoro. Do you know what a Pomodoro is? The Pomodoro no, explain technique? That. Pomodoro technique is wonderful. It is where you set it was an Italian guy. He had a kitchen timer shaped like a tomato. <laughs> Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. Get it? So he would set it for 25 minutes and he would choose one task, just one, and go into that time and work on that one task for 25 minutes. The kid's knocking on the door because the diaper needs changing. He would not answer. The cat needs to use nothing. He wouldn't go to the restroom. He would not check email. His phone's dinging and donging. He would not do it. And so that 25 minutes, he would do one thing. This technique might change your life. And if you block one Pomodoro a week, 25 minutes, to ponder your technology situation and see if you can make it better. 25 minutes a week, you will, because technology is so amazing, go leaps and bounds. And that is a personal strategy as well as a team strategy and a company strategy. What are some of your favorite new apps technology to help simplify work uh, make the customer engagement uh, more expedited. Like, I mean, on a personal level, I couldn't live without TripIt. 
right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, because I travel, right? Of course, I dump all my my flight and my hotel and my Uber and and rental car, whatever else, into TripIt. From what do you see in putting whether it's the crystal ball or what do you see coming down the pike right now? That some exciting new technologies that um, make both the the employer and the customer's life better. Well, David, you're a writer. I see your wonderful books right behind us here. Uh, I'm a writer. Located, yes, you are. We have uh, a gift for writing. We might not have a desire to write, but we have a gift for writing. We can put words on paper. A lot of people can't. And in 2020, May of 2020, a new artificial intelligence platform was kind of snuck into the world when we were all obsessed with the pandemic and the beginnings of the pandemic. And it changes everything. It's called GPT-3, and it's an artificial intelligence platform that uses neural Say it again, language. say it again slowly. Well, it's not on the test. Uh, GPT-3. <laughs> GPT-3. Um, GPT-3. Uh, okay. And it up. It's, it's neural language processing. And what it does is it writes for you. So all of the people at your company who have to write review responses in the customer experience. So somebody writes a note saying, I was very disappointed in the fact that my sprocket did not arrive on time and uh, you promised me it would and I'm very unhappy and all these things. Well, somebody who maybe isn't as gifted in Gab writing, right. customer experience may just write back, eh, too bad for you. Not really, but they may not have a finesse. So you just plop that review into a one of these tools my favorite is jasper.ai you plop it into one of these tools and push right and and tell it what tone of voice and you push right and it will compose a response to that review the other day i had an engagement uh, i'm a speaker of course like you and i had an engagement in the dominican republic and i stayed at a resort and i had a butler it was very cool I've never had a butler. And the butler said, nice. would you please go to TripAdvisor and use my name and write a review? And I said, sure. And I get home and I'm like, I don't wanna do it. So I went over to one of these tools and put the name of the hotel, a couple of things and the guy's name and said, he was fantastic. I pressed a button. It gave me two paragraphs that I cut and pasted into TripAdvisor, boom, done, no thought none no careful words nothing it did it for me and what that does for me is frees me up to write some of the things that artificial intelligence can't do now right. right now it lies like a rug when i asked it to help me with my bio it gave me a pulitzer and i do believe that's <laughs> on the way uh i think the committee is trying to find my email address beth at your nerdy best friend.com but uh it lies so you're going to have to check it. But this changes everything. Every right. single person in a company could use this as a rough draft to write. And I think that's the best way to put it. I mean, for, even for yes. those naysayers, and I can hear them listening right now going, yeah, but it's not you. This, it's a lot easier to edit something than it is to write it, right? Absolutely. And if somebody gets it down and you go tweak a few words and make sure, it's a great way to, a great way to do that. What else are you seeing? What else is kind of fun and exciting right now? Other things that are fun and exciting, besides my new book, we've got uh, some, I, I've got a program coming up this week actually on some health tools. 
And there are some tools like one of the things I like, it's called, wait a minute, it's called Abridge, A-B-R-I-D-G-E. It's an mm -hmm. app and you take it to the doctor with you. You've been to the doctor where they've got all kinds of diagnoses and big words and treatments and medications and they talk really low looking down at their folder and very quickly and you because you're focused on what they just said just hear a scan or a hospital like you're just you just have that one word and they have all kinds of other words you're not processing well a bridge records the entire conversation defines all of the jargon puts all nice. of your medications into a block so you can see what they are see what they do records your diagnosis and your symptoms and their steps and the treatments keeps track of those things from one doctor visit to another and helps you keep track it also i love this it links into a tool called good rx which we could all use have you heard of good rx i have heard of it absolutely saved me hundreds of dollars you don't even have to register you go and pick up a prescription they say it's 295 dollars and it's not in your deductible or whatever and i'm like let me look it up. I've paid like $50 for something that was $250 because they've got coupons and everything and different prices on the app. What are some of the mistakes you see companies making in, in vetting and, and implementing technology? Too much bells and whistles, shiny things, they like them. What do you, what do you see in, um, as you work with organizations and they bring you in of recognizing where their frustration is coming from? I see people not recognizing the value of a system and still wanting to fax things in because that's the way it's already been always been done. Again, you're going back to this technology psychology, these three types of people who are putting up, who are taking tech in different ways. And so you've right. got the people who say, um, that's a wonderful little project management system you have there, but I'm still going to just send you one update at a time via email. Thanks. You just click it off the list because I'd rather do this. And then you have people who are like, we've got this brand new system and everybody should do it. And then they don't show the value of it to the people who need to be shown the value and the proof of it. And it, it just, it's one person using a project management system all by yourself and everybody else just kind of moving around but, it. And, but that's a, that's a challenge as well, right? We see people, like we see organizations and I've been a part of ones that will try and implement um, Salesforce.com or, or Confusionsoft, you know, and, and, and many of those, but getting them to, um, to utilize the tools internally is sometimes a challenge, right? I mean, we, we, you get people with, with great intentions with an organization, here's a new CRM system, here's the new something else, but getting that internal acceptance is difficult. How do you, how do you manage that? And how do you, how do you push that with people feeling happy and, and get over that hump of, of discomfort? Well, I, I, keep, I, I can't believe I keep going back to these, but the technology, right. psychology, those three personas, you're going to have to approach it from their perspective. If you've got someone who's a, who's a, um, a what, you know, and they're holding up and they've got a barrier against it, you're going to have to address that barrier. Is that barrier fear that they're not going to have the gray matter to do it? Is that barrier distrust? because they think that it's overreaching or something's happening. Uh, what is that barrier? It, it ain't broke. We've always done it this way. That's a different type of barrier. It, it takes work. It is not an immediate right. thing. And the companies that try to go in and say, this shall be an immediate thing and we shall all do it are really, 
not listening to the people who are actually implementing it and what their concerns are. I had I was consulting with an association the other day and uh, she said we need another way for our members to have conversations and in my head I had a perfect solution she was listing all these characteristics off that she wants these these things that she wants them to be able to do. And uh, I had this in my head and she said and we have she named a tool, the one I was thinking of and I said well why uh, you know that has all of your list. Yeah, she you said, already have it. did it but nobody used it. And I said, you don't have a technology problem, you have a people problem. You have a technology solution. You need champions to get in there and, and have critical mass in there so that most people in there, you need trainers, you need quiet trainers for the people who are uncomfortable to say that I am uncomfortable. You need a, a safe place for them to ask the questions at their own pace. This is not an age thing. You'd be very surprised at the number of um, younger people who come up to me and say, I'm so glad you talked about this stuff because yeah. everybody thinks I know this stuff because I'm this age and they all come to me and I don't know and I'm busy and I can't like I some of them can take to things faster and understand the concept behind them faster because of the age they grew up in. But that doesn't mean they know what to do and they know how to do it. So it is not an easy job to switch to a new system. And you're going to have to really think about why your people are resisting to address each one of those small problems to make the system work. And, and that was that was the, the source of the question. I think that's a great answer is, is recognizing it. It's, we've heard that for, for many years with dog trainers or whatever, it's really people trainers, right? How to treat, how to teach them to deal with their dog better. Um, when it comes to technology within um, organizations, and there's always new things coming down the pike, there are always limited resources, financially and otherwise, in terms of choosing what do we use, what do we not, what do we upgrade? What's the best resource for organizations, small businesses, entrepreneurs? Where do the best ideas come from? Is it within their industry to see what others, so that they can play catch up? Or are we getting our best ideas from other industries and looking at how do we apply them to ours? I don't think there's a universal answer to that. Uh, I was just speaking to manufacturers and wholesalers, and they have some of them have inventory systems from the 1990s and that won't talk to anything. And then some of them have upgraded everything and they're competing against Amazon and they all have to raise the stakes because nobody people are not saying. I would like to talk, talk to my rep. I would like my rep to take me to lunch. I would like my rep to take me to lunch. And then after lunch, we start discussing the kind of needs we have. I'm on a break. I want to order it on my phone and that's it. Yep. Right. So, so they are really stretching and you've got some companies that are going. So I don't, I don't think we know where the innovation needs to come from, but I think we need to, all companies always need to be listening internally and externally. Agreed. to find out what the needs are and where things are going. We've got a number of tools that are in the project management. We're, we're switching away from, with Microsoft Word, you create a document that goes in a folder, that goes in a file folder, that goes on, like, it's the way we've been doing it since the 1800s, right? We right. write a piece of paper, we store it in a file, store it in a cabinet, and people can have access to that cabinet. That's it. We send an email, which is a letter, to one person or seven people and that's it. Well, those lines are, are erasing. 
and workplaces rather than office suites are becoming the norm. And in a workspace, it's all out on the table. Instead of having to do a document and then a spreadsheet and then a PowerPoint, it's all kind of a flowing document. Microsoft is making this change. Google is making this change because of companies like ClickUp, Notion, Monday.com. These are shifts in the concept of the work software that we use. The office suites that we use are changing to office workplaces and it's going to change everything. And that's that's not a proprietary that, you know, we've you've got listeners from all kinds of industries. So some of them have proprietary things and some of them have these, but some of them, they still need some of those commonalities, people talking to each other, people creating documents to share, that kind of thing. And it, it's changing those worlds. So we have to be open to that. It's no longer the office suite, pieces of paper, individual silos situation. All of that is going to be shifting in the next three years. We're talking to Beth Zeesness. She goes by Beth Z, your nerdy best friend. She's the author of the new book, Nerd 365, A Year of Opportunities to Upgrade Your Life. See, there's a big plug right in the middle. Um, what does the future hold for companies that are resistant, that are reluctant? They said, listen, this is the way our business works. It's worked this way for 30 years, 50 years, 100 years. Um, are, are there categories that will be just fine or does everybody have to recognize uh, how their customers' lives have changed and make those adjustments? If you and your company are planning to retire within the next 10 years, keep on course. If your company is going to close when you do, you're fine. If you want any kind of future, you're going to have to make those changes. There is no, there is no present day past template that will work. <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't exist anymore. Every single company has to think like Amazon. Every single company has to think about the customer experience. And you know, a year ago, you could go through Wendy's, Wendy's, right? And get your uh, sandwiches or whatever, and zero people would bother you about pulling over and downloading an app and putting in all your personal information so right. that all that data can be used. Zero people. Now that's absolutely where we need to go or where we are going. And yep, you can go in and still not get your specials and get your two breakfast sandwiches without the sale. Uh, but if you want the sale and if you want people to take advantage of the sale, you're going to have to offer those new innovations that are coming down and totally stay aware of them. Yeah, I mean, what I talk about is, is recognizing how the customers have changed. And we're all customers, right? We're all buying food at the grocery store. We're all getting gas. And our expectations have changed for easy access. I don't expect that I can get my hair cut at four o'clock in the morning, but I expect I can make an appointment to do so. And even some of those traditional physical hands-on, get a massage or whatever else, it's where's your information? How do you make the appointment? How do you notify them if you can't make it? And, and for those companies that are dragging their feet, um, we're, I, I'm seeing it in certain industries that they're having a challenge transferring or getting somebody to purchase their business because they don't want to make the investment now. We'll let the next mm -hmm. people do it. Mm -hmm. And it devalues their business, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it also devalues their value to their employees. Your, 
your employees are customers as well, especially yeah. in 2022 when they have more options. And if you're not meeting their needs, uh, some of the best and the brightest talent will go to where companies are making those changes to make their lives easier. You want yeah. your customers time to be freed up after before during and after they buy something from you and you want your employees time to be freed up before during after they're doing a task for your company so technology can do that but if you if you're just holding on and waiting for this whole internet thing to blow over uh you're you're going to have you're going to go out of business my husband um my husband says, why is someone writing to me to ask me if he can call me? Why doesn't he call me? And I said, because people don't make phone calls. Right. They want and, to and just- it's, And it's part of the permission economy as well, yes. right? Asking permission to do those things. Listen, we are, we are, we're out of time. I will tell for those who are watching or listening that Beth has so many phenomenal um, ideas and apps and suggestions that it doesn't necessarily work audio um, because there's so many things to write down. Pick up the book or follow her online. As a matter of fact, Beth, if people want to learn more about you, follow you, get your newsletter, read your books, how do they get in touch with you? YourNerdyBestFriend.com is my site, but I have something exciting coming up this summer that I just oh, have to tell, tell you about. Yes, I invented my own day my own international day it's not called an international day but it's called find your inner nerd day and the site is find your inner nerd dot day because google just added a dot day as a url it's very exciting so find your inner nerd dot day is august 23rd and on august 23rd i chose that date because that's the day that the hashtag was invented on twitter as a way to bring people together Nice. And so find your inner nerd day is is to talk about the cool things about you that maybe nobody knows the weird stuff um your perhaps obsession with red lobster all you can eat shrimp whatever it is you can on that day say it loud say it proud use a hashtag and find other people who share that interest and celebrate with them love it and august 23rd of course rhymes with nerd makes it easy as well i had no idea and you did know it. August 23rd is your nerd day. Um, also look it up at, at your nerdy best friend, your nerd best friend or nerdy? Nerdybestfriend.com. Okay, your nerdybestfriend.com. Um, I, I highly advise you. I mean, one of the things that, that I love in, in Beth's presentations shows a lot on the screen of all these different apps, all these different sites, all these different resources. Some of them are just fun, but the vast majority really help you do something differently, easier, better, faster than you're doing it now. Um, and even if you can't do everything, it's like when you, you read muscle and fitness, I can't do everything that they do, but who better to learn from to glean the best ideas from somebody who does this every day. And Beth is one of those people. Look her up online. Um, Beth, hang out. Uh, we'll talk on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Uh, remind everybody else that you can pick up a copy of my new book, The Morning Huddle, Powerful Customer Experience Conversations to Wake You Up, Shake You Up, and Win More Business. Um, it's on Amazon. As a matter of fact, all of my books are on Amazon. You can see them strategically located next to my head, some of them in multiple languages and almost all of them on Audible as well. Be sure to click to like 
this podcast, subscribe and leave your comments. That's the most important thing is leave a comment. It's also good advice for you and your posts and your blogs and your podcasts as well. Encourage people, leave a comment, even if it's just a few words, tell us what you liked about it and uh, look up Beth at your nerdybestfriend.com. You can learn more about my keynote speaking, my consulting at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in to Customer Experience Advantage Podcast. Big thanks to my guest, Beth Z. I am David Averin. Be good. This has been the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast with David Averin. Feel free to leave a comment and be sure to hit the thumbs up button. You can listen to past episodes and be notified of future ones by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. David's popular marketing and customer experience books are available in print as well as Kindle and audiobook and published in multiple languages around the world. You can stay connected and learn more at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.